Fiverr is the world's largest marketplace for digital services, offers both buyers and sellers a digitally streamlined transactional platform. If you need to buy something, sell something, or whatever you want to do on Fiverr, just go to bit.ly slash GOP Josh Fiverr today to get your gig or to put your gig on Fiverr and help support the program as well. That is bit.ly slash GOP J-O-S-H Fiverr F-I-V-E-R-R. But freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first, then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in on the Red Future Radio Network, a Friday edition of the program. Friday, January 6th, 2023 is the date today. A lot of news to get to, a lot to get to, actually. A compromise is going on in Washington to get McCarthy as our speaker of the House, unfortunately. Can't say I'm happy about that. Uh, a compromise happened in the Ohio House to get their speaker, and we can see what happened there. We'll talk to Brian Stewart about that in the second segment tonight. Um, a new chairman was elected in Ohio for our Republican Party, who's just as bad, if not worse, than that speaker. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Governor Mike DeWine signed a election integrity bill that's weak. And I, I, I'm saying here, the, the slogan for the Ohio Republican Party is in this state we don't go blue for the Michigan football team, of course, and the rivalry there. Why do we have that as our slogan, all right? I'm not saying we should support Michigan. I'm not saying we should go blue or or, or become Democrat of a state. But it seems every time that our football team loses, the state loses. We lost on midnight, January 1st, 2023. As the ball dropped, the ball dropped wide left. On the field, we lost. So be it. Ever since that point, we have lost in the speaker race, in the chairman race. We are six days into the month, folks. Six days. And we have lost in all of those scenarios. Are you, are you, are you telling me this is okay, folks? Are we going to take these losses, folks? And, and I talked to Brian Stewart. The chairman race actually wasn't decided by the time we had that interview, so I didn't get a chance to ask about that. But we'll talk about that later. 
I asked him about the speaker race, and that's really why, why I wanted to have a state representative who was opposed to Jason Stevens, the new speaker-elect, or the speaker of the House, on the program tonight because of, uh, because of, of that vote. Because of, of what happened there. So, yeah, so so that's that's it there. Pretty much a lot to get to in Ohio-wise tonight. I want to talk about the list of Republicans that bailed on the majority of conservatives. I have not yet seen a group of conservatives that say we want to have McCarthy as our speaker outside of the ones elected in, in Congress. Representatives Bishop... Brasheen, Cloud, Clyde, Donald, Polina, Luna, Miller, Norman, Perry, Roy, Self, Sparts, Gosar, and Ogles all voted for the compromise. All voted. 14 of them flipped to McCarthy on the 12th speaker ballot. That leaves six. McCarthy needs two. We, as a caucus, are not stronger today. We're weaker. The Freedom Caucus and the Conservatives for Accountability or whatever you want to call these people, these minority of Freedom Caucus members that have been standing up and halting the government, saying, stop, wait, become accountable to the people. We lost. We backed down. With gridlock, with partisan gridlock, not a single dollar is going to Ukraine. We are not wasting resources on on paying our members, by the way. If they don't make a, a speaker vote by 13th and they're not sworn in, they don't get paid for January. So we're saving our national debt that way. A lot of ways we're going about this, we're saving a lot of money. All right. So Bishop, Brasheen, Cloud, Clyde, Donald, Polina, Luna, Miller, Norman, Perry, Roy, Self, Sparts, Gosar, and Ogles. You're going to have to come calling to the voters. You've already made your, your territory. You've already marked your claims and said, we are going to fight this. We, we have already done that. So you're backing down now. McCarthy has already said you're not getting committee assignments, and he might go back on that. McCarthy has already said you're not getting a dollar of PAC money in these primaries or in the general. And actually, they're going to primary you. What benefit... Do these 14 get? We were on the right track, folks. We had them where we wanted them, getting every concession we wanted. We could have gotten a compromise speaker eventually. They weren't holding out until they weren't getting paid. They were going to figure out a deal before they got paid. And that's what happened. I know the salary isn't as much as the PAC money and the, and the donor money and the lobbyist money. But it's something, you know, it, it pays their bills and pays their, their whatever they pay for. It, it handles that. So, so that's what they do. They, they back down. I can't say I'm happy about it. I, I really can't. And I hope this is a stipulation. A steak exclusive for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. Sources close to the Speaker of the House vote situation have confirmed that if a few more big concessions are made overnight, the GOP leader, Kevin McCarthy, can lock up the speakership today. Overnight was last night, it is today. That includes a Byron Donalds associate or co-majority whip spot. I like that move. If that's the compromise, which is not in public yet, we don't know if that is the compromise or not. 
if it is, well, by golly, sign me up. I want to see a Byron Donald leadership. That's why I supported him for, for speaker. That's why I wanted him in that position. I don't know if this is going to work. I, I, I don't know if Republicans are going to be able to, to, to stand up long enough and fight back long enough to have this. We'll see. I don't, I don't know how the other six outstanding are going to vote when they convene tonight at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and, and D.C. time. I don't know how they're going to vote. I can't tell you how they're going to vote. I'm not insider in D.C. I don't know what's going on in the tables. And even if I was an insider, I don't know if they'd give me any of that information. But we'll see here. We'll, we'll see what they do, see how the tables turn, see what happens tonight. And, and, and we'll just see where it goes. We, we have to. We can't, we can't predict. We can't say it's what's going to happen, and we don't have those sources. We don't have those, that power. They're getting paid tonight. The, these negotiations are going with five guys and grilled cheese Sammies per a Politico reporter, uh, Olivia Beavers. So we'll see where this goes. And if we have these compromises, good. If we have a one-person motion to vacate, good. If we have accountability for the California conservative, Mike or Kevin McCarthy, good. If we have none of that, we have nothing at all. Support the program tonight by going to our Fiverr page, or you can go to bit.ly is the website, bit.ly slash G-O-P Josh Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R. G-O-P-J-O-S-H-F-I-V-E-R-R following bit.ly slash in your search bar. Or go to the top link in our show notes below to support the program. Get a gig, get a voiceover, get a logo, get a video edited, whatever you need to do, you can find it on Fiverr. bit.ly slash G-O-P Josh Fiverr or the link in the, the top link in the show notes below. Also support Sam with the Samuel McGuire show with Blackout Coffee. Code TSMS at blackoutcoffee.com. You're listening to the Red Feature Radio Network, patreon.com slash GOP Josh, and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for being here. Joining me now is a, a someone I'd like to call a friend of the show. Joining me for the second time, he is a lawyer and state representative from uh, the 16th District now, am I correct? Uh, Brian Stewart, thank you for joining me today, sir. Thanks, Josh. Great to be with you. And uh, and all this map craziness, it's hard to keep track of, but we're now the 12th District. 12th, 12th District, House. I'm sorry. sorry. I was thinking of Senate Districts, I guess, there. So. Yep, you got it. All right, 12th it. House, dis- House District, I apologize for that. So we've seen a lot of madness going on in Washington or in Columbus lately. I get it all confused at this point in Columbus lately with the speaker vote. And a lot of it has to do with supposedly legislation you proposed. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So, uh, you know, at the end of uh, last year, you know, following the election, you know, my friend uh, Frank LaRose and I had a discussion about, uh, you know, an issue that we've been talking about a long time, which is that it's far too easy to. Uh, for special interest groups and outside interests to amend Ohio's constitution. And, uh, you know, we, we just continually, election after election, see basically these terrible ideas uh, bankrolled and, uh, you know, special interests trying to get their ideas into our constitution. And so what we proposed uh, became House Joint Resolution 6, 
which would have raised the threshold for approving constitutional amendments to a 60% vote margin instead of a 50% vote margin. And this is consistent with, um, frankly, a lot of other states around the country that have you know, taken steps, just like we do in the United States Constitution, uh, to, to prevent our, our founding governing document from being able to be amended simply with a 50% plus one vote. And so, uh, you know, for, for a whole host of reasons uh, in terms of attendance and just, uh, you know, the schedule didn't quite get that done in the lame duck session. Uh, but it has been our hope and our plan uh, up until this week that we would reintroduce it uh, in this new General Assembly. So with that, uh, just to kind of build on that, you want 60% threshold there. Is there any recent constitutional amendments that were bipartisan and supported by the majority of people that didn't pass with more than 60%? I know both issues on the on the November ballot passed with over 60%, didn't they? No, it's a great point, Josh, because that that's critical. Good ideas will still pass with more than 60% of the vote. In fact, um, both issue one and two, uh, which I which I co-sponsored issue two this past election, which related to uh, prohibiting non-citizens from voting in our elections, uh, issue one dealt with bail. Both of those passed with over 70 percent of the vote. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even close. So what we're really looking at, though, is it's these outside group initiated uh, uh, amendments that are sometimes closer or even if they fail, you know, it takes tons of time and money and effort to beat back um, these disastrous ideas. And mm-hmm. so um, we've we've had gambling, you know, written into our constitution. We've had, you know, out of state folks trying to establish, you know, marijuana cartels for themselves. We've had, you know, California, uh, you know, billionaires trying to rewrite our pharmaceutical code. Um, you know, there's a lot of ideas that, frankly, just don't belong in the constitution. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean they can't be handled with statute, but they shouldn't be in the constitution. Right. Good ideas will pass. What we're trying to do, though, is is make it harder to uh, for these bad ideas. Which is right. I mean, if the majority of Ohioans support the issue, they'll get out and vote for it. And if not, it shouldn't take just a 50 plus one like electing someone to do that, especially if it's something like gambling that could be passed with statute. So- exactly. And, and consider this, Josh, you know, there is no ability on the United, under the United States Constitution to simply have an outside group or, or business uh, propose an amendment. Very true. You know, we, we, we don't let Facebook or ExxonMobil, you know, pr- you know, or Google, you know, draft the Google amendment to the Constitution and right. then simply put it up for a, a popular vote. We have safeguards in place for the Constitution. We simply want to provide the same protections for the Ohio Constitution as well. Right, which doesn't seem like a bad idea, but some of your colleagues in the House of Representatives of Ohio believe it is. Can you tell us a little bit about that speaker vote that went down? I covered it a little bit last episode on Wednesday. But what happened with this vote with this compromised candidate, so to speak? Sure. Well, first, you know, the only the only representatives that have, you know, spoken to me and had concerns about my amendment are all extreme liberal Democrats. (laughs) You know, almost the only you know, the only groups coming out in opposition to this are extreme liberal groups. Um, the uh, we had a speaker vote this week, um, and I think it's critical to kind of go back and say we had a speaker vote on November 16th as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, historically, we have a meeting of the Republican caucus to elect, select uh, who is going to be our speaker for the new term. And on November 16th, we did so. We elected uh, state representative uh, Derek Marin to be our speaker uh, beginning on January uh, January third, the Republican and speaker won by the Republic a majority of Republicans in a supermajority Republican chamber, right? Correct. Just want to make sure I'm following and, this. 
Yes, uh, we have a 67-seat Republican majority, and uh, you know Representative Marin won the vote uh, in caucus. And actually, importantly, Josh, after that vote, we then selected him unanimously by acclamation. That means we all say we are going to leave that room united and support him on the floor. All of the candidates for speaker, um, you know, agreed to to hold this vote, agreed to abide by the result. Um, and then unfortunately, in my view, uh, what happened in the weeks since is that, um, you know, a few members who didn't like the fact that their candidate lost uh, decided to uh, work with Democrats, frankly, mm-hmm. and to uh, work out a deal uh, in which the 32 Democrats uh, decided to play in the speaker's race in favor of uh, Representative Stevens. And the result was that, uh, you know, 22 Republicans voted for Jason Stevens, uh, 43 voted for Derek Marin. Uh, but because the 32 Democrats uh, preferred Representative Stevens, uh, he will now be Speaker of the House. So do we know, I, I know I didn't really go over this, but do we know what they got in return, those those 22 Republicans that just abandoned the party, abandoned the, the base, the vote that well, happened? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll speak on what we know based on news reports and based on my, my understanding of the negotiations, between, of the conversations uh, between uh, Democratic leader Russo and, and Derek Maron. Um, you know, there have been multiple news reports uh, that in which Democrats have confirmed that it was their understanding that one of the parts of this deal was that their that, that my constitutional amendment uh, to protect Ohio's constitution would would be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is also discussion of redistricting uh, that, that that somehow um, you know Representative Stevens was was willing to make promises or conditions about how the redistricting process would be done in a way that Democrats preferred. Um, you know, I don't think we know the full the full scope of what that may be. I know that those were things that uh, Leader Russo proposed to Derek Marin, and I know that he said no, he was not willing to deal on those issues. Right. So, so has this historically been a vote where liberals also get engaged in? Because I don't imagine it would have been, especially when it was a tighter majority that Democrats would get involved in who the speaker was, and now we're going into them actually fully picking it with a majority of Democrats voting and a minority of Republicans? You know, my uh, looking at history, I'm, I'm only privy to recent history in which the last time this was done was, was two speaker votes ago. Um, you know, uh, former speaker householder who's going to go on trial here in a couple weeks for the largest uh, bribery scandal in Ohio history. Um, he got the gavel by, uh, you know, 25 uh, Democrats and 25 Republicans uh, joining together to make him speaker. Um, so, so unfortunately, you know, my concern with this whole process is, look, and if, and if Derek Maron had lost our caucus vote, I would be first in line to be supportive of our choice you know if 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 jason stevens had won that caucus vote you know you know doing a deal with the democrats is the furthest thing i I think from the mind of you know the 43 who who voted for Derek marin um but you know unfortunately we we've now kind of set this i'm concerned about the precedent that i'm concerned that you know now folks start to believe this is how it's done um to have a sixty, a very hard fought very hard won 67 seat republican majority 
And to have the Democrats have a role in picking the speaker that they like best, um, I think just doesn't sit right with a lot of us. Absolutely. So I kind of want to move on to a a national implications of this. We're seeing a similar vote going on in the House of Representatives nationally right now. Obviously, you ran for a seat in that. uh, What didn't go your way, of course, but. And not trying to bring that up. I'm just just giving some background for the listeners. Not trying to just sure, uh, sure. Sorry. So we're we're seeing the further right wing people, someone who might maybe even a little further than the speaker elect Derek Marin, who actually won that vote, holding off on um, Kevin McCarthy. Could you see a compromise candidate between Kevin McCarthy and the Democrats, like we like we saw in in Washington or in uh, Columbus? I'm sorry, trying to get uh, Kevin McCarthy over the line. Well, it's it's an interesting question, and and candidly, I've been so focused on Ohio, um, I've, I've not kind of I've been I've had my TV on, like a lot of people, kind of seeing where they are in the process. Um, my my short answer is is in this week of 2023, nothing would surprise me. Um, I, I think that uh, you know it's probably time to to draw this to a close. Um, but again, it's important that you know Republicans, we've got to get to a point where we have. Uh, unity on the basics you know i i i thought that one thing that united us at base even if we disagree on other policies is that we are opposed to the democratic platform Mm -hmm. right we are opposed to letting democrats control what we do so you know the important thing at the national level um uh, i wish it was as important here is that we you know we as republicans support our own and um you know make sure that we are fully empowered to enact our agenda um, but it's, uh, it's, it's a strange week for sure, Josh. So, so to move it back to Columbus, cause I just thought of this, is the Republican caucus planning on standing up against, uh, this current speaker in any way, or are you still going to work to do what you can with this new more bipartisan speaker? Well, all of us were elected to represent our districts first and foremost, and I am going to fight for Pickway County and Madison County and the portion of Franklin County that I represent. I'm going to introduce all the same bills that I would have under Speaker Mayor, and I'm going to introduce them all under Speaker Stevens as well. Including um, the joint I, resolution? Uh, it is my plan that I would bring that back, yes. Um, and so, you know, what I do is not going to change uh, in terms of what I fight for and what I vote for. Uh, the question will be uh, how much uh, support and willingness we get from uh, leadership to allow those things to move forward. But, you know, uh, we're in this fight. Nobody's taking their ball and going home. Um, we are going to represent our districts, fight for what those districts need. Um, we just need to make sure that we have, uh, you know, support from, from leadership as we do that. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time today. How can people in your district get a hold of you and, and contact you about any questions they might have or just to learn more about you? So uh, we have our website, our official house website. Please check that out. It's got our uh, official uh, uh, phone number. Office hours, uh, email address is rep12 at ohiohouse.gov. Again, that is rep12 at ohiohouse.gov. You can also find me on Twitter at Brian Stewart OH, at Brian Stewart OH, and we have a Brian Stewart uh, State Representative Facebook page as well. All right. Thank you very much for your time today, Representative. I appreciate it. Thanks, Josh. All right, folks. That is the State Representative for the 12th District, not the 16th, the 12th District. Of the state of the state of Ohio, Brian Stewart about the speaker vote there. My name is GOP Josh. Right back after this on the Red Future Radio Network. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's GOP Josh. 
We can only keep the Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash gopjosh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash theconservativecrusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you all for staying through that interview. I hope you enjoyed it with the one and only... Brian Stewart of the 12th District of Ohio, state representative, doing good work, especially with that House Joint Resolution 6 in that incident. Very good work there. Thank you, sir, for joining us, and you are welcome. Anytime, just let me know when we can find something to work out, and, well, I'll be there. All right, let's hop into this tonight with the speaker. No, let's not do the speaker yet. Let's do the, let's, let's do the chairman vote for Ohio, shall we? Hamilton County GOP Chairman Alex, uh, let's see, pull up a Twitter bio. Uh, Trianthavalu, Trianthavalu, to lead the Ohio Republican Party. Republicans on the State Central Committee voted Friday today to elect Alex uh, Trianthavalu, Trianthavalu, as the new chairman of the Ohio Republican Party. I'm going to say Alex T from here on out. He replaces former chairman Bob Paduchik, who, by the way, blocked me on Twitter. Bob Paduchik blocked me on Twitter. He announced his plans to step down after Republicans swept statewide in November. Uh, Alex T. is an attorney who served as the chairman of the Hamilton County GOP since 2008. In that time, Hamilton County, along with major metro areas of the co- across the county, have grown increasingly Democratic. Democratic dominates uh, countywide office. Steve Shavitt lost his bid to Greg Landsman for Congress. Um, not doing a good job in that party. So, yeah, this, this, this makes me question here. Why did they decide to, fl- to flip? It was pretty well known. It wasn't guaranteed in stone, but it was pretty well known that the majority was going to vote for Brian Williams. He was a Republican from Stark County, or Summit County, one of the two, and the only one that was going to say, hey, we are going to vote for Harmeet Dillon for chair of the RNC. They're not going to have more of the same. We had reformers take over our party, by the way. According to the Ohio Promise Keepers and the other groups in that, that realm, we had reformers take over our party. I hope Alex T. does a great job. Right? I hope he does good. But I'm not betting on it. Now, every time a, a politician, I'm not trying to ego check here, but I, I would like to think that I have some impact in Ohio politics, right? Why would ev- everything uh, I sent emails, tweets, be ignored, not even say no for an interview? And I'm not trying to say that as an ego check, but if you're running in the state of Ohio, this is one of the largest podcasts, especially around politics in the state of Ohio. Our network, Red Future Radio, have interviewed a lot and became friends with a lot of state central committee members through Sam's show. 
He did a lot of those. And were just ignored by every candidate, by the way, for ORP chair. And that's why I was calling for someone like Jerry Majewski to get into the race, someone more conservative, someone who is more accountable to the people, and someone who has been on the wrong side of the party, has been on the broken side of the party where they didn't support statewide candidates. All, 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 not statewide, but all over the state. Congressional races. They didn't support at all. But they supported it, and nothing against Brian Stewart. I believe he, he deserves the support of the party. They did not support, or they sent out mailers for him and other unopposed candidates in state house races saying vote for him, even though he's unopposed, and sent out nothing for Jeremy Majewski, nothing for Madison Gilbert, no, probably something for Steve Shabbat, but mainly nothing, and blamed candidate quality and blamed the candidate themselves when they lost. This was an open race in Madison Gilbert's spot. A Republican-leaning race, and because we didn't support them, Republicans lost. We need a change in our Ohio Republican Party. We do. In electing a chairman of an area that has gone increasingly Democratic over time, under his leadership as party chair, is not the way to do it. The only Republican that can win in Hamilton County has to have the last name DeWine and has to have that first way have to have the first name Mike. That's it. That's the only Republican that can win in Hamilton County. Yet we take their chairman in an area that used to be a pretty re- good Republican um safe not safe, but a, a good Republican area and make him our chair. I have to give Bob Peducci credit for all I can't stand about him. And for all the tweets I'll never get to see, all the there it is I'll never get to see from him. We have a solid Republican lineup of voters. 15 points in a statewide election, any random statewide executive office, is a good number. Why are we going to take that back? Why are we not going to build on that? I don't like everything Brian Williams did. I don't like that he supported DeWine. I wish there was a true reformer in that race. He's a lot better than Alex T. Alex, you are more than welcome. Email me, josh at gopjosh.com. Call my public phone line, 574-675-6747. I'll call you on my personal cell, and we can schedule an interview. But until then, I, I, I can't trust this one. And from what I understand of Alex T, what I understand of those that voted for him, and what I understand of the person that's the new speaker of the House based on what Brian Stewart had to say, I'm putting my own words in his mouth, so to speak, here. Not really, but he's swamp uh, of the new chair. And Republicans, of the new uh, speaker, I'm sorry, he didn't say anything about the chair. The chair wasn't decided when we did the interview. We, We can't win. I don't understand this how Republicans won 15 points statewide in the Secretary of State, which is the basic baseline, okay? We're just going to use it as a baseline. And we can't get a good chair. We can't get a chair that will vote for Harmeet Dillon. We can't get a chair that will do the work of the people. We can't get a chair that's backed by reformists. We lose the speaker vote. We lose the chair vote. We lose the football game. We lose. We have a great state filled with great Republican voters, and somehow we always lose. I'm tired of losing.
I'm tired of being on the wrong side of every issue, it seems. I'm tired of, uh, of looking at Twitter or looking at Facebook or looking at, at any social media page and seeing Ohio Republican Party next to a swampist. I'm tired of seeing that. It blows my mind that we are so far into a Republican majority in our state house. We have a 67 vote majority. And we get a moderate, a compromise put in that chairman's seat, in, uh, in that speaker seat. And we have a solid party that knows how to win statewide elections that can't win a congressional election that's halfway contested. And we're appointing someone of a chair that was chair of a party that went increasingly Democratic. When will Republican voters in the state of Ohio be able to say we won? Will there ever be a time Republican voters in the state of Ohio will be able to say we won? It wasn't with the wine. It wasn't with Franklin Rose or, or Dave Yost, even he's a nice guy, but Dave Yost or any of the other ones. It was with J.D. Vance slightly, but we lost J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance lost or won by less than Trump. We don't have a winning party at this point. We have a lot of Trump voters that are loyal to the Republican Party now because of Donald Trump. But if Trump's not on that ballot in 2024 for president, I don't think Sherrod Brown will leave. And, and we'll have to see where the leadership of Alex T comes in that. And I'd like to talk to him about that. More than welcome. But we can't have a party that constantly loses. The voters constantly lose. Under every circumstance, we lose. We need to have a party that is capable of winning. And I'm not talking about winning elections. I'm talking about getting good legislation passed, not stripped of everything good about it, through the state house, through the governor's mansion, and enacted into law. Not bills that won't stop distracted driving, not bills that will have halfway, and we'll talk about this next, halfway decent provisions under the Constitution for ballots, and not even in the Constitution, just legislation, for voting. Not halfway decent. We need good. We have a great base of voters here we need to have good we can't always settle for the lesser of two evils you're listening to the conservative crusader hi i'm joseph bausch ceo of hydro communications and the american perspective the american perspective is a new trustworthy news and opinion organization with the information that you crave you should visit americasperspective.us to read the news, our analysis, and watch our great lineup of talk shows. Again, that's americasperspective.us, and I'll see you there. This is The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. Short segment for the fourth segment today, and then we'll wrap it up so you all can get on with your weekend. Hope you all have a great weekend. If you have to work, play this on over your work speakers. See how your boss likes it. <laughs> All right. Governor Mike DeWine signs a major overhaul of new of state election laws on Friday that will require voters to present a photo ID at the polls. Under the new law, voters must present a photo ID when they cast their ballot in person, although the idea does not the ID does not have to have their current address on it. Qualifying IDs include an Ohio driver's license, state ID, U.S. passport, passport card, military ID or interim identification issued by the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. Voters who previously use alternative forms of identifications at the polls could previously use alternate forms of identification at the polls, such as utility bills or bank statements. 
As part of the new rules, any Ohioan 17 and older will be eligible to receive a free state ID card. Ohio licensed and ID cards must also note if the person is not a U.S. citizen. Okay. This law also requires completed mail-in ballots to arrive within four days of Election Day instead of 10. Requires voters who want to vote by mail to submit an application at least seven days before Election Day instead of three. Permits only one drop box per county that's installed at the County Board of Elections office. Eliminates in-person voting the, mo- the fr- Monday before Election Day and reallocates those hours to another time. Gives provisional voters until four days after the election to provide missing information to election officials instead of seven days, etc., etc., etc. Allows all 17-year-olds to serve as election officials, not just high school seniors. And I like that bill. I like that part of the bill. I think, I like a lot of it. I like we're eliminating some early voting as you take it from the end and not from the, be- uh, the, the closer to the election, though. I think it's a good thing to, to limit mail-in balloting. I think it's good to do a lot of these things. Uh, eliminates most special elections in August unless the county, municipality, or school district is under a fiscal emergency, which I also like. Prohibits curbside voting, I also like. You shouldn't be able to go out to your car or, or be in your car. Call a number, hey, I'm here to vote. Uh, can you bring out my ballot to my car? Because they don't know if you're th- they're going to submit the ballot or not. All right. I like that bill for the most part. I wish it was just a photo ID, not a passport card or anything. I mean, they have photos on them, but... To be a photo ID issued by the Bureau of Bureau of Motor Vehicles, and it should be a restricted ID. Speaking like, um, not restricted, but I like that it says you have to be a U.S. citizen, and I like that it includes that information. I like that seventeen-year-olds can be poll workers. I think that any high school student, fourteen to eighteen, should be able to be a poll worker for a certain salary, and also include voter or uh, not voter volunteer hours in that. For their school program. I think that'd be a great idea because it's a requirement to graduate. I got mine through the Ohio Republican Party. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> um, so so that's what I think. Voting rights advocates, so to speak, urge DeWine to veto the bill. I think it's a good idea. I really do. I hope, and I wish, this is what I was trying to think of when I just kept rambling. I wish, which is all I do, I wish the bill <laughs> had a provision in it saying we need to have the current address on the ID. You, you can't prove ID without a, a proper, like, I don't know. You can't prove ID without a proper address. I mean, you can't. When, when you go to vote, if you've been, at least early voting, I haven't been in, in person to actually vote recently because I can't vote. You swipe a card, you go, whoop. You swipe your ID card if you use an ID. And they say, read back the information. My name is <laughs> My name is George Santos. I live at one George Santos Lane. George Santos, George Santos, one, two, three, four, five. That's that's what you do. And then they say, is the information on the pad correct? And it'll bring it up on the screen. And then you say, if so, please sign. And that's your signature verification is using that fake pen pad. Then they give you your ballot. They print it out, they give you the ballot. You go vote and you put it in uh you give them a stub, you rip it off, and you give put it the ballot in the machine, which I don't like. That's early voting. So that is as is how it works now, where they read the information back, and that's how it should be. If you want to vote at a certain address, you'd have to have the photo ID at that address. That's the only thing I, I'm pretty much disagreeing with this bill at based on the 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 bias dispatch reporting, which the dispatch is right across the street from the state house, by the way, like uh, a block and a half away at most. I don't even think it's that far. I think it's right across the street. I've only been there once. And, and half the reporting just stinks. You'd think with a 67 Republican majority in the House of, of Representatives right across the street, they'd have a little bit of Republican crossover in that editorial room. 
there's still insane left wingers in that room. So thank you all for listening to the program tonight. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you every single Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Hope there's news over the weekend, because if not, I'm running out, folks. <laughs> Hope you all had a great beginning of your year, the first week of the year, and I forgot to do something I wanted to do tonight. We're going to do it now. I, I like to intro with it on days like today, but we're not going to, obviously, at this point. But I am heartbroken today that it is the um, anniversary to the January 6th Fed Surrection. The only person that died on January 6th in involvement with the Capitol riot, led by feds like Ray Epps, was Ashley Babbitt. Her mom was arrested for jaywalking today. For those fallen soldiers and for those that were fighting for election integrity that got wrapped up in the wrong group or got led in by feds, if you are sitting, please rise, remove your caps. If you're in your car, obviously, you are exempt from my request. And let's play our national anthem. For those that we lost and those still fighting for their rights. For those in the D.C. Gulag, for those being treated with no respect by our law enforcement and by those that are supposed to uphold our law, we are praying for you every single night. There are people out there at the Capitol that are doing what they can and the Gulag's doing what they can. We are keeping your faith alive. Keep the faith. Our flag stands for freedom, and they can't take that away. Thank you for fighting for our election integrity. And I'm not afraid to say it here. It was led by the feds. Why is Ray Epps not in jail? That's your thought for the weekend. Why is Ray Epps still a free man at this point? Ray Epps is the single-handedly person that led the insurrection that we supposedly have. And I hope there's no swagger in this. That is Ray Epps, the federal agent. As soon as President Trump is finished speaking, we are going to the Capitol. It's that direction. That's where our true problems lie. So that's what he said, right? Here's what the president said. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building. 
to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. Today, we will As soon see as President Trump is finished speaking, we are going to the Capitol. It's that direction. That's where our true problems lie. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. That's the difference. Which one's being prosecuted by the left and which one's being set free and being actually represented by a former FBI lawyer? Food for that for the weekend. GOP Josh, back with you Monday. Thank you for being here and stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader.